You're listening to Parenting with Emotional Intelligence, a subset of the Living and Leading with Emotional Intelligence podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, the founder of Catalyst for Change, LLC, Generation EQ, and author of The EQ Deficiency. If you find the information in this podcast valuable and want to learn more about how you too can incorporate these essential skills in your family's lives, I welcome you to contact me personally and we can have a chat. You can find my personal calendar link and contact information in today's show notes. Why is awareness an essential element of living a fulfilling and successful life? Because awareness is what makes life life. It's our ability to connect to our essence of being or consciousness in a world operating from an unconscious level. By expanding our level of awareness, the more we're able to transcend the emotional sufferings of the egoic mind and solve our many people problems. And this is extremely crucial for younger generations who are bombarded with anxiety and overwhelmed with information overload and social pressures to both conform and be unique. So today we're going to talk about how to help your child tap into and expand their level of awareness. If you're just tuning in, this is part three of a four-part mini-series, if you will, called The Power of Awareness within the Parenting with Emotional Intelligence segment of the Living and Leading with Emotional Intelligence podcast. While this episode can stand alone, I highly recommend that you go and check out the previous two episodes as well. That said, there is one clarification that I want to make from the previous episode of this segment. So we talked about taking full responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, and reactions. And I use the example of coming home to a messy house that your child or spouse maybe have failed to clean. And I believe I made this statement that the outcome was all on us. And I want to clarify that the outcome that I'm referring to is our thoughts, feelings, and the course of action that we take. I think that clarifies it, hopefully. If not, reach out to me. I'm happy to answer your questions and clarify more. All right, so now for today's topic, how to help your child tap into and expand their awareness by being able to distinguish the ego from the true self. This is critical. Being immersed in a world operating at such an unconscious level, it can be challenging at times to not fall prey to the norm. I am constantly hearing parents talk about how anxious and confused their children are about their identity and life. And they're frantically trying to find their place in the world and establish who they are. The irony is, by trying to find who they are through labels, appearances, and social acceptance, they are unknowingly losing themselves even more. Who we are does not rest in what we do, who we identify as, what we look like, or how others view us. These are all constructs of the ego which exist in all of us. The ego is our perceived identity and judges ourselves, others, and the world around us through polarizing lenses. By simply understanding this concept, that the ego is the source of a false sense of identity and how we define and compare ourselves and interpret reality, we're actively developing our awareness. And the more we become aware of the ego how it influences how we filter reality and react to reality based on that filter, 
the more we can expand our perception and control how we feel and respond and eliminate many of the people problems that we face today, like lack of connection, disunity, anxiety, impatience, bullying, greed, and the list goes on. The way that I teach this to children is the same way that I teach this to adults. Why? Because when it comes to awareness, most of us are on the same skill level. I start by teaching the basic level of awareness, which we talked about in part one of the power of awareness. And that is bringing attention to the five senses and tapping into the present moment. Today, we're going to take it to a deeper level and look within ourselves. This stage may be difficult for a child that is, let's say, younger than age seven. And this is not based on research or science, but instead an educated guess, in my opinion. I honestly don't know if there's an ages and stages of development for conscious awareness. I should probably look that up. That said, try to meet your child where they are. You're the parent, you're the expert on your child, you know where they are in their stage of life and emotional maturity. If you feel they can comprehend what I'm about to say, go for it. Otherwise, start with the basics discussed in part one and go from there as they age and mature emotionally. First, we need to understand and explain how the ego is different from the true self. Put simply, the ego wants, and it thrives on fear and judgment. The ego wants to be right, it wants to be in control, to be perfect, to feel pleasure, and to be above all else. That is the ego. Whereas, the true self just is. What do I mean by that? It just is. It is content. It is confident, it is accepting, and it is one with all. It desires nothing, and it judges nothing or no one. It thrives on love, understanding, and is the source of intuition. Therefore, all unpleasant emotions are a product of the ego. And many pleasant emotions can be a product of the ego as well. This can make distinguishing the ego from the true self quite tricky. An easy way to tell if your ego is calling the shots, and for approximately 99% of us, it is, that, that includes myself, by the way, ask yourself, do I want something? Now, this could be anything. If you want to be happy, you want to be successful, you want to be strong, you want to be content, anything that you can put want in front of, that is the ego, because the ego revolves around desire and lives outside the present moment. When we want something, that means we feel as though we do not possess it. Meaning, want lives outside the present moment. Of course, that is a bit too deep to explain to a child. So you might say that we can tell the ego is in control when we desire something or when we feel dissatisfied. Even still, this is an ambiguous concept for adults and for children. So... Sometimes it helps to personify things. You might say, the ego is a friend that lives within us that we share our mind with. It spends all of its time and energy making us feel safe and important, and it tells us how to think and feel about things, which can be an unforeseen problem. It likes to believe that it has to protect us by telling others that they are wrong and we are right. And it can also make us feel like we aren't good enough sometimes and that we have to stand out to be valued and accepted, none of which are true. 
and our true self knows better than to accept these beliefs. However, our true self spends a lot of time sleeping because the ego has been doing all of the work. It's important that we wake our true self up so we can let the ego know that while it's part of us, it's not who we are and shouldn't be the captain of our lives. To ensure the ego stays in check and takes a position as co-pilot, we must develop our awareness, which wakes up our true self. Before we make any drastic moves to conquer the ego, we must first be able to tell it apart from our true self. Remember, all unpleasant thoughts, emotions, and reactions are a product of the ego. But what about those pleasant thoughts, feelings, and actions that can also be driven by the ego? That feeling of pride when you win, that's the ego. That feeling that, oh, you're awesome, you're smart, you're strong, that's the ego. The act of doing something nice, like holding open the door for someone, giving a compliment, volunteering, donating, or praising others, is an act of the ego if, if, you get upset if the other person that you're doing something for, saying something nice to, doesn't say thank you back, or doesn't show appreciation, or if you're doing something simply for the praise and recognition and feel the need to share that fact of your act with others. That is the ego. There's nothing wrong with feeling good about yourself and celebrating your efforts or your wins as long as you don't let them turn into arrogance or exaltation of self over others. Many people, when they think about the ego, like they say, oh, they've got a big ego. They think of someone who's an arrogant prick, who's always bragging, always putting others down to lift themselves up. But the ego is much more than that. It is our identity. Anything that I label as me or I, that is the ego. When I identify with my ethnicity, my name, my upbringing, that is the ego. It is our identity. It determines how we feel about ourselves, good or bad. The only thing that is indifferent is our true self. Having said that, some may say, well, I don't believe that. I'm not egocentric. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's the ego talking. Because again, unless you are an enlightened individual like Buddha, Gandhi, or Jesus, then the ego is in charge of most of your life. When we get to the place that the ego is no longer in charge, we no longer care about material possessions. Any of them. We could literally live in the woods and be happy. Really happy. (laughs) We no longer see anyone above us or below us, which means we wouldn't ever be starstruck if we met one of our favorite celebrities or artists. We also wouldn't have disdain for anyone, no one. And we wouldn't care about what's trending or experience anxiety because we would only be living in the present moment and we would be non-judgmental of anything. We'd be completely neutral. So that said... Most of us will never reach this level of insight in our lifetime, and that's okay. There is nothing wrong with that. We don't have to be an enlightened individual to live a fulfilling life, but we do have to wake up our true self enough to realize that it's the ego that is causing us to suffer, feel negative about others and ourselves, and not enjoy life. When we can understand this ourselves and help our children to identify the ego in their own life, 
we are on the road to a much better life and world of peace and contentment. So today, our primary focus was on how to distinguish the ego from the true self. For the final part of the series, I will provide you with some simple and, well, I say simple, but practical exercises that will help you and your child shift focus from the egoic mind to the true self. So until next time, live and lead with an open heart and an open mind. Thanks for listening.